Yo, yo, yo. See there days later from the Upgrade America podcast. Here's the fire you've been waiting for. Our normal everyday round two part of episode 77. I kind of go off. You're going to feel some energy that's probably a little more explicit than usual. But we are going to just be talking about a recap of the Democratic National Convention, what I thought about it, what Cam thought about it. We're going to be talking about crowdfunding fraud. Uh, We're going to talk about sundown towns, something that people in America don't know about in history. Um, Just talk about that a little bit. Make sure you do your Googles. Like, share, subscribe. Hope you guys enjoy round two. Definitely different from round one on episode 77. Shout out to all you upgraders domestically and internationally. Blessings and peace. I have nothing to fear but fear, I have nothing to hide from I do this for you and everybody that died young I rap for the have-nuns, even though I have some Upgrade America, play the game, it's mad fun Upgrade America What's up, Cameron Ra here, host and executive producer of Bing Boom Upgrade America, this is round two Got CJ the Day Slayer over there, what's goody bro? Yo, what's up? We talking about some interesting things. We talking about crowdfunding fraud on the border. Nope. Talking about the DNC. Uh, what we thought of it. We talking about sundown towns. You know, something got that a lot of should... hot topics. We yeah. took a little break from our episode before. This is round two, so just slide in and enjoy the show. All right. Well, yeah. What else do we got on um for, for today's agenda? Alright, um, I'm starting All right. this live back up. Alright, I'm starting to live back up now. Okay, we're back on IG? Yeah. So, IG Live, we back. This part two. First one is all, like, educational, informational. Um, we're going to do timestamps, so you can choose what you want to watch. The first half, and then the second half is going to be, like, more of our normal program. But, you know, we try to throw some info out there, mix it up for you yeah. guys. Um, let's see. What are we talking about? Um, got the GoFundMe fraud. So I can, uh, I got some notes on this real quick. I'll run through. Okay. So we're talking about crowdfunding fraud, something you do need to be worried about, but we're just talking about somebody famous that got caught up in it. You go ahead. Take it away, Cam. All right, cool. So former White House chief strategist and advisor to President Donald Trump, Steve Bannon and three other men were arrested and charged with the front uh, defrauding crowdfunding campaign that promised to construct a border wall. Do I feel sympathetic for uh, you know the people who wanted to give their hard-earned money to build a wall and they got defrauded? Not so much. But the campaign <laughs> raised over 25 million, Ooh. and I guess they found out that um, among this team of the people who are getting the money. 350,000 of it was going for home renovations, payments towards a boat, a luxury SUV, a golf cart, jewelry, cosmetic surgery, personal tax payments, and credit card debt. Damn. And um, a nonprofit started by Bannon, meanwhile, received $1 million from the wall campaign, some of which was used to pay Colfage, but a substantial portion of which was spent on Bannon's personal use. So, um, yeah, that's um, pretty much that in a nutshell. And I didn't know it was like you were bound by law to do what you say on GoFundMe. Because I heard other, I thought there was another guy who did the same thing. Uh-huh. Like he was raising a bunch of money for to build the wall, but he took it and he bought like, maybe it is this guy. Because they said he bought a boat. Because the guy that they're saying bought a boat too. Maybe it is the same guy. I don't know. But he was bragging about it. Like, yeah, I bought a boat. So basically, when you do crowd crowdfunding and all that, mm-hmm. it's basically you have to. Your contract that you gotta complete, this gotta go to whatever you're trying to build or whatever, whatever you're funding. Okay. Is that what I'm understanding? Your basic. Ev- evidently, that's what it seems. It, okay. It's uh, you really gotta use it, and but I mean, like, it kind of goes without saying like that there's i imagine on on gofundme there's countless fraud and abuse i heard there's ones for um 
people pretending to be veterans and getting uh-huh. money, people pretending to be injured, things of that nature. So I mean, it's out there. You just gotta be, a, just gotta be wary of it. And I mean, if you um, get scammed trying to build a, a border wall, I mean, I don't know. What just else say, be careful with crowdfunding stuff. Only invest what you can afford to lose. I put it that way. True. So you know, like I've contributed to some things. For the most part, it's been like twenty five dollars, like something like that. But it's like really that. not. Um, you're not getting like a. Now with some of these crowdfundings, you get something, some sort of ROI. But like this particular, yeah. um, it was uh, like having a closed border with their reward. Okay. Um. What else we got? So I wanted to bring up this bill, first responder bill. And you know, me and you've been going back and forth about the government, Congress, whatever, have the, they have the ability to legislate policies, say for the fight has been for black Americans, specific policies for specific groups of people. Right. So I ran across this in my email from Senator Rick Scott, which is a Senator in Florida. And they just passed, it's now law, a first responders bill. I'm gonna read it real quick. You can go on congressgovernment.com, uh, .gov. Say again? Uh, Cause I was saying, I looked over it a, a bit last evening and it was... Number one, cool pictures, sh- number one is short and it's kind of vague. Okay. But I like that it's short because this is what you and I have been talking about. And for the most part, it's pretty understandable. So they're saying this, what's up, uh, no team, just us. Yeah, this second half, first half, we're talking about investing and stuff. The second half, we're talking about what's on the program. Okay. Um, so this bill extends death and disability benefits under the Public Safety Officers Benefits Program to public safety officers. Example, law enforcement officers and survivors of public safety officers who die or become injured as a result of COVID-19, i.e. COVID disease 2019. This program provides death, disability, and educational benefits to public safety officers and survivors of public safety officers who are killed or injured in the line of duty. So what do you think about that when you see that, when you hear that? I mean, it's just, again, just running through it, it was like more COVID legislation. Like, I'm still not digesting. We're just saying to get more disability pay, like if it's a COVID-related injury. Yeah. I, I People are dying in the line of duty, like, or they're saying, like, this COVID, like, that's, mm-hmm. it, that's considered dying. I don't, I don't know. I really don't get it. Yeah, like, that's how I took it. Like, so say if you're a cop, you're responding to something, I guess if you contract COVID in the line mm-hmm. of duty and you die, your dependents, wife, whatever, kids get benefits because you died from COVID. Right. So they get benefits, educational, deaf stuff, whatever. That's how I'm interpreting. Or if you're EMT, this is what I'm assuming because they said first responders or firemen or um, whatever whatever else is considered a first responder. Yeah, that's one thing that shows through. So it's like, okay, so then hearing you say it like that puts it better into perspective. And <sighs> I truthfully, I think it's the 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 EMTs and are gonna see more of that. Is it yeah. More and more with the. I'm not against it. I'm conflicted. I'm be honest with you. When I saw this and how fast it got passed, I'm mm-hmm. fucking pissed off because I'm like, yo, Black Americans been asking for shit for hundreds of years. Y'all passed some shit basically in a month, and it became law like this. And it was simple. And it, but I do understand it's something like you and I have um, brought up that it benefits way more people than one group. But mm-hmm. then it brings in the conflict that we've already done research to show that 
they will do the government, U.S. government will do something for specific groups. An executive order, though. Yeah, but this is already a law. This is not even a bill. This is already a law now. Oh yeah, yeah. I believe they said it was passed. You know yeah. like an executive order. Yeah, a president who's in favor of secular uh, ethnic group, he can do. As seen, Trump did something that was for uh, Hispanics. I don't see why um, I couldn't do one for black men. But uh, oh, another thing I want to talk about. But I'm just showing an example. I'm bringing up this bill to show that if the government or president wants to do something, they can do it. It's a choice. Um, and that's very frustrating in Black America right now for me, personally. And a lot of probably Black Americans is actually kind of paying attention. Well, um, let me see. So what else we got? Uh, we wanted to talk about this uh, business community innovation story. That's what I put with the Detroit Fight Club car wash last. Cool. What did you think about that? Um, what was it? Guns down, gloves up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm um, real. I didn't watch the whole thing, but like, uh, I see it being constructive because you're giving people an outlet to handle violence. Mm-hmm. Um, and what could go wrong though? <laughs> Get your ass whooped in the ring. Are you really gonna, um, you know, take that with stride and be like, y'all just train harder? You know, like just make it more violence later. But I mean, I get it because it was very helpful. Like we had Friday night fights in Iraq. Uh-huh. I got to fight a lieutenant. That's pretty. Yeah. Like punch an officer in the face. But um, it's um, I, I could totally see it being constructive. Particularly if uh, people are being disciplined with their their fighting, and um, how you say they they they're really taking that warrior spirit like like a gentleman, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, okay, you lost, and you, you take it you take it like that. I could see it being constructive. What was the results? Um, let's see. Um, no team just I said, hey, what's up, Monique? My cousin Monique. Um. To be honest, I feel like that's going to cause more. I can't understand. Oh, violence and customers get their ass beat. They want to kill somebody. I mean, that's what that's what Cam brought up. And I think, me personally, I think it's a dope-ass outlet. But it's a little tricky and dicey, I think. If I was to do something like that, I would have, like, medical staff like liability forms like oh, i yeah, think rough, yeah all that stuff yeah i think you put that people got to sign and they know yo you can't retaliate you can't do none of this shit if you're going to participate in this or we're going to come after you legally you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying or we're going to call the cops up and get your ass up out of here i think that's how you curb that shit to be honest but i like the concept because number one it showed i can keep stuff in your community and it showed empowerment and it showed people being able to have a place where they can honestly go and not be harassed by police or you know people calling the police on you or whatever if you're somewhere else in another type of neighborhood um so i thought it was a fascinating I'd like to see more of that people yeah i like but it's you know when you, you you put the gloves on but when you have a referee that's the only thing that stops it from becoming a death match it's having yeah. Free and uh, a safety person. Well, like, yeah, I, I think um, if done correctly, it, it could be done well. You know, see, I got my gloves. I'm ready for the yeah. <laughs> So that was one topic I thought was very interesting. Um, what else are we going to talk about? You mentioned Our- something about Amazon. Yeah, what was the thing about Amazon? Oh, yeah, they wanted to do uh, the, the tech hubs nationwide. So they want to build like tech hubs nationwide like in I think I would say they would use the malls too that's a way they could do it that's true too now they mentioned something about in New York City and it was going to create 20,000 jobs maybe they said six different yeah it's 20,000 jobs six different US cities Mm -hmm. they're going to go through AWS Alexa, Amazon Advertising, Ops Tech, and many others. Those would be like the areas. Okay. 
Um, they're talking about Dallas, Detroit, Denver, New York, Phoenix, and San Diego. Um, let's see. I mean, it's only right during COVID that they're expanding. And I yeah. think anyone who was most successful was Amazon during this time. They were kind of prepared. I don't want to say prepared, but like just having most of their uh, infrastructure online gave them a, a big... Uh, it gave them an advantage over their competitors who had brick and mortar. Yeah. And then, um, okay, so they're talking about these areas. Let me move this ad real quick. Dallas, they're already developing. It looks like, I guess it's off of the mall location in Dallas, Galleria. So they're adding 100,000 square feet of office space. Okay. Uh, so that's Dallas, Detroit, Michigan. Ironically, we were just talking about Detroit. They're purchasing 25,000 square feet of office space in Detroit. Um, Denver, same thing, 20,000 uh, for tech. Manhattan, and they're talk talking about doing it at Fifth Avenue. Yeah, that's 6, pretty 6,000. Yeah. 30,000, sorry, square foot office. So we're just talking about what to do with those skyscrapers office buildings. I mean, they're gonna, um, Amazon might as well jump on it. You know, as yeah. I mentioned, I was just laughing today that as I was preparing for, you know, for this, because remember, I don't know if you called my rant about Best Buy, and I'm like- Yeah, 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 I remember I said, that. I said like, I vow to help Amazon destroy <laughs> The how do you say the, uh, the retail industry, <laughs> and then like what a couple months later, like, COVID did that for me. But like, um, I adore Amazon. I'm a customer and a shareholder. So, Jeff, your success is my success. So as long as Amazon pays their fair of taxation and they retain an ethical sense, like I'm all for their expansion. Mm -hmm. um, here's a question that I, I would throw at you. Okay. Did Amazon pay taxes by feeding the hungry with excess food from whole food? You said could they or you could, say... So, again, we're in office. Okay. We gotta look at alternate ways of taxation. Okay. You can only assume, I can only imagine how much goes to waste in whole foods. Okay. But could that food feeding the homeless feeding the hungry could that be a form of taxation for amazon would you accept that and we're talking about millions of dollars worth of food across the nation that could just be given out uh -huh. i mean don't get me wrong i still want my fair share of the taxation that you know their other business but i would be like oh yo jeff you're doing this like tax break I'm all for the tax break. I'm still on the what I said in season one. Like, yo, you gotta invest in the areas you're in, mm -hmm. specifically for housing. Like, yo, if you're gonna be a like a monster in that area, yeah, you need to be invested in like systemic issues in that area. So then, really, me so why not? Amazon communities and so like if they're building housing for their employees who X percent are you know required to be from certain neighborhoods but build those neighborhoods up as quote unquote Amazon housing uh -huh. you know, and invest into some of the neighborhoods where you're you're employing people you know it's a little it's a little dicey but i do agree with that but i also would say like you and invest in infrastructure and stuff too like roads stuff like that like because you got to understand when amazon comes to like a second tier city or like a small place like they're it that's like when walmart started when they started yeah. doing the super centers and stuff walmart became the mall basically so with that concept I think we can get a lot more accomplished if, yo, okay, you're here, but these are some stipulations for you to stay here. Mm. Uh, we'll give you tax breaks, but you got to invest in our roads, all this stuff too, 
to help I'm out. Not against that, and I think that's a really great idea, particularly as you know you have that responsibility as your you know trillion dollar companies and whatnot are emerging. They have that responsibility. As it is 2020, and homelessness and hunger are like, come on, man, like primitive issues from like you know the Roman Empire. Yeah. Like these these big wealthy companies, they they, they I would negotiate with them for them to use some of their resources to uh, to end these things. Yeah, my thing is, listen, and if you're American and patriotic as you fucking say, like let me just put it out there, show mm-hmm. me. And showing me is investing in these communities that you're basically being a monopoly in. Let's keep it honest. Like, you're basically killing Main Street. So, with that being said, you need to be investing at least on where you're killing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my thing. Um, yeah, I'm totally... I, I, I totally agree with that. And um, I think even when you're giving back it'll find a way to circle back into to Amazon, you know? Hey, yeah. I think it can find a way to make it mutual. But again, like I said, I'm cool for the expansion. I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. If you're going to come into these neighborhoods, particularly like Detroit and New York City, you know, like, bring something bring something with it and it will benefit everyone, you know? Yeah. Um. What else we got? What about Oregon uh, legalizing drugs? What, decriminalizing? Let's, uh, let's just stay on this. So, um, Oregon has a long and cutting-edge drug reform effort. The state legalized recreational cannabis in 2014. It was a ballot measure. And 2017, the law slashed some penalties for possessions of small quantities of cocaine, LSD, and other illegal substances. Oregon voters will also have a chance this November to approve medicinal use of psilocybin at licensed treatment centers. So okay. for our, our viewers and listeners out there, psilocybin, that's like magic mushrooms with shrooms. And, um, we did that on season one, right? We did it. We had the guests come in and she was talking about that. And I think that's pretty cool, you know, that they because uh, there's a lot of benefits to that and people are starting to wake up to it. Um, I think the main reason they're doing it is to decrease the number of felony convictions for lightweight possession. Like, I think it's a joke that the user is being penalized, you know, for, for possession. Like, I get it if you're the plug and you're, you know, you're setting up an operation and you're, 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 you're getting money hand over fist off the books. Then I get it why that's a problem, but you know, to throw felony charges at the user, that's that's ridiculous. What are your thoughts? Um, this is what we want. I know we've spoken about this. I mean I, okay, and I think okay. you brought this up. Yeah, legalizing drugs. I think you did bring this up that decriminalizing would probably be the best way to usher this in to mm-hmm. full legalization and I think I agree with that. If that's what it takes to get to the end goal, the big picture of legalizing drugs, I'm good with it. Because um, when you really think about it, it's like they haven't done a very good job of ending. You have prohibition, but you had you didn't stop the you know the flow of it. So it only makes sense to like yo, drugs ain't going nowhere. Might as well take control of it. Might as well distrib- distribute clean drugs might as well you know regulate and account for it and you know monitor how people's consumptions uh, of these drugs and you know get some taxes off of it I, I, it sounds very radical but it, it's prudent in, in the long run. um real quick i'll read this last thing the right. last paragraph in that article the report notes that measure 110 would particularly benefit racial minorities as racial disparities in both arrests and convictions would fall substantially. So for instance, arrests of blacks who are disproportionately affected by the drug war would drop to 93.7%. It would also fall to 82.9% of Asians, 86.5% for Hispanics, and 94% 
for Native Americans and 91% for whites. So everybody benefits. And everyone wins but the prosecutors. <laughs> Prison systems. But yeah, I mean, like, that's a beautiful thing I would like to see uh, replicated around the, the world. Uh, around the world, around America. Yeah. But again, it's just like these easy convictions like our jails our prisons should not be flooded with people convicted of victimless crimes like um this is 2020 we're beyond that you know what i'm saying like if anything clearing out the jails because of covid you know perhaps that you know that's an eye opener like we don't need all these people sitting down for these senseless crimes and i, I think this is a very great direction that oregon is, is heading towards yeah, this should be nationwide and it should be global, in my opinion. And if y'all want to understand why I'm saying this, mm -hmm. look up this organization called LEAP. It's called Law Enforcement <laughs> Against Prohibition. Oh, this, yeah, yeah. Follow and them on Also, on Netflix, check out The Business of Drugs. And once you see these things, you understand, like, yo, we're wasting our time with the war on drugs. We might as well profit and benefit from it. And really, um, just clean it up, clean up the streets. I mean, we talk about this, especially like opiates and all this stuff. Like, it's watching that documentary series is very interesting because it's like I was just slamming my foot on the floor, like, yo, me and Cam been like, yo, legalize this shit. Let's get this over with. We got more shit to worry about. And if anything, it's like I know it kind of sounds like a dragon eating its tail. But <clears throat> if anything, the taxes could be used. The taxes you, you gain exclusively from selling drugs could be used to pay for rehabilitation. It could be paid for our drug treatments and, and things of that nature. But our country is going broke on the verge of bankruptcy. That's scary in itself. We have to be radical and come up with new ways to raise money or your taxes are going to go up. And um, even when they do, they still won't be able to cover half the cost of the things we need. You know, yeah. COVID's, we're in times of COVID and, and, and all this, like we're spending money hand over fist, stimulus checks and whatnot. Like, um, it's time to start selling crap. And another thing about yeah. that too is why why couldn't we invest the legalization? What's up, Raw Daddy Don, little brother popped in. Um, you can invest some of the taxes towards the national debt. This is shit, you know what I'm saying? We can be working on. But um, it's, again, it's like when you're coming up with all these radical ways, yeah, we can chip that thing down. Um, What else we got? So, I mean, a billion dollars of drug revenue is made in New York City a mm -hmm. day. Damn. And just New York alone. You know, a billion dollars a week gets sold, a billion dollars of coke gets sold, you know, eight and a half million people, you know, it's a lot of um, people getting hot. But, um, just a like, thought. Yeah, I just, I just see so many opportunities for infrastructure, national debt, federal lottery, like we described. You know, we, we know y'all listening, so. What's up? And like, you know, as long as they're taking, uh, taking and applying these ideas, it's all that matters. Yeah. You know, they're going to see, like, if in order to save our, our blessed country, you got to think outside of the box. What else we got on here? Um, I wanted to give some observations from DNC, the Democratic National Convention. <laughs> You're a braver man than me. I didn't even eat my breakfast, and I almost vomited watching the highlights. Okay. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> So, me and Cam are pretty much independent or non-party affiliated is how I'm registered here in the state of Florida for voting. I did vote locally. I think pretty much everybody I voted for won. Um, I'm kind of mad I threw my ballot away. I just recognized the names that I voted for, which I don't like the slander of being non-party affiliated to because it's like you're left out of the big picture, it seems like for voting and shit like that. What do you mean by that? It feels like, it feels like you're a stepchild. Like they give you your own special little ballot. Like, oh, here you go. Like you're not a part of the big party. So you get this little bullshit ballot. So <laughs> that's what it feels like. Um, I did vote in person. I was just getting ready to ask you that. Yeah. Personal and, by mail. 
It was, I'm probably going to do the presidential by mail. I signed yeah. up for it, so we'll see how that goes. So at least I, I can go for How was that? I mean, from where I'm at, it's awesome because I can basically walk and vote. I did it in the morning. As a matter of fact, I worked out right after. Um, it was socially distanced. You know, people had a little mask. They had the shields up. Like, um, they took precautions. So I already knew it was going to be social distance and, like, clean and all that. So I already knew that. Um, it was pretty smooth. Now, I'm not saying, like, the primary. I'm sure it's going to be a lot more people. But I suggest people, depending on your precinct, probably for the primary for the presidential election, mm -hmm. you probably want to do it by mail. And as soon as you can get that shit, your ballot by mail and send it in as soon as you get it, probably is a best bet um, yeah. if you can. But if you can go in and it's safe, then I, I recommend that too. So it just all depends. Do on you trust Like, okay, voting in person. There's room for fraud because someone has to count those ballots too. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm right now. I I may do the mail thing, mm -hmm. but it's like I don't know what the which one I if I trust it. It's a lot going on right now in um, you know, in politics. Yeah, I know. Very very dense power struggle going on, but. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be interesting. I'm almost likely do the mail thing. Um, so I'm gonna run down some quick observations. I tried okay. to watch it. Uh, if you got any insight, you can go ahead. I do not. Like I said, okay. uh, <laughs> I'm gonna withhold. You don't have anything nice to say. Shut the fuck up. Um, I'm gonna just some observations. So basically, let me shout us out first. Oh, great America concepts all over that piece. So I'm just saying, yeah. Um, throw that out there. I'm mean, I'm say I would say we were pretty much in line with Bernie Sanders and uh, Andrew Yang. Okay. I said okay. we were a mixture of those, and then foreign policy more like Tulsi Gabbard sorta. Um, I would say that's kind of how we roll a little bit. Well, at least me for the Tulsi Gabbard part. Um, the Democrats seem to be on message. What I was noticing, they finally like figured out, oh, okay, this is what we're all going with. Like we're all together. Um, I seen a lot of celebs <laughs> to help, I guess, promote voting. And I'm kinda like, yo, we kinda over that shit. Celebrities ain't doing shit no more. Like <laughs> um we saw that in the last election, how they tried to push that at the end, like, oh, make sure you vote for Hillary. I mean you can vote whoever you vote for but yeah. we saw how that failed people and now people that have time to research like wait a minute all of a sudden you're popping up now campaigning who the fuck are you <laughs> so saw that um establishment you can tell the establishment to me tapped biden to run against trump because i was i don't know i just had this that, you don't think that's, that's something that joe is passionate about I think it's just his last chance to get a shot at the presidency. It's mm -hmm. like, he know he can't run again, basically, like Bernie too. You know, I'm, I'll be sure, I would, wouldn't be surprised you if think Bernie Bernie's gonna be on the cabinet? Huh? Will Bernie be on the cabinet? And I don't know, that's a that Democrats take I don't off. know. Um, so, I was just looking at how everybody was like, yeah, we're for Joe Biden. Like, all the candidates that lost mm -hmm. had to withdraw. Like, that just felt so fake. And I'm like, fuck That's what I said. It was like, I tried to, man. I'm watching. I sure as hell wasn't going to watch the whole thing. So I was like, let me watch the highlights. Then you yeah. see the little toothless uh, black boy shouting uh, the, the Pledge of Allegiance. That's so hollowly saying the Pledge of Allegiance uh, to mm -hmm. the flag. And then everyone's saying... Their little rhetoric. Um, I do believe they honored Joe, the the one uh, congressman who just died. John Lewis. I'm sorry, pardon me. John Lewis. They just honored him, yeah. and then they. But I, I saw them slide in his soundbite about his fight for to take assault rifles, and I was just like, Bleh. yeah. But um. I don't know, man. Again, I, and then I fast forward to Biden saying it just all sounded so synthetically fake 
And I have yeah. a question that I'm going to hold to the end. Okay, I got some more. I'm going to run through these quick. So, um, bro, and this is one of our other topics real quick. Um, Bernie should have ran independent, bro. He raised $200 million for his campaign. Okay. So that pissed me off. Because I'm like, wait a minute. You've been serving independent <laughs> for like 50-something years in Vermont. You I ran twice. Was, I think he tried to do Trump's uh, agenda. Like, be independent, run as a party, you yeah. know, and... Uh, it didn't uh it didn't work yeah and i was i don't know i was just pissed i i was like yo he raised all that money the fuck so i'm like they talked about 15 dollar minimum and he could have still been in the game i'm still in the game yeah i'm like you know but he as an independent you can pretty much run it until you're done and i think he would have still had that steam i think what bernie should have done me personally I would have dropped out as a Democrat. Okay, cool. You want him to have the Democratic nominee? Cool. And then keep running as an independent. Because mm. even uh, AOC, my understanding at the at the convention, did she not say something about, and, and did she not endorse Bernie? Like saying... Somebody did. Um, somebody did. They still had to vote for him because they are independent or something. They are under. There's like some kind of stipulation with the mm-hmm. Democratic uh, National Convention where you have to still vote with who you are aligned with. It was some shit like that I saw. Um, but they talked about 12 weeks paid leave, like maternity leave, which I mm-hmm. think it should be maternity leave, paternity leave, or partner leave because you know we got. Uh, the LBGT, I don't want to butcher it, but we got that community as well. Um, so you're saying it would apply to men as well? I think it should. I know they mentioned it. I agree. I think it was maternity leave, paid maternity leave, but I mean, this is, should be standard anyway. Um, the biggest message I kept saying was defeat Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. That like their main pushing like war cry, I guess you could say. Um, they definitely painted the sympathy card for Joe Biden, which if you look at his policy record, okay, yeah, fuck out of here. Um, they was like, yo, he took the train for 30 years. I'm like, that motherfucker lives in like Delaware. Like if you're in the tri-state area, you're going to take the train. You're not driving. Like, oh, he's in touch <laughs> well, with not, the three-day people. Y'all, uh... <laughs> Like, you're humble, like, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I'm like, yo, celebrities take the train in New York City. Fuck out of here. Like, that's normal mode of community. I mean, uh, transportation. And it's like, again, like I said, it all sounded so, so, just so synthetic. I guess my question for you, have you ever seen Westworld? Yeah, I watched half the first season. I still got to watch all of it, but yeah. Do you think they could make a Joe Biden like that and then just have him to, or did you think that's what they did? Because granted, I didn't see the whole thing. And I, I, did, yeah. I said he didn't say anything too crazy, but like yeah, I think that's what they're going to end up doing is making one of those like a little puppet president mm-hmm. and have him be the face for like four years. I don't know. I'm just throwing some BS out there, but like I wasn't uh, yeah, I got a little bit of it. It is what it is. The nomination is, is official. Yeah. Half expecting Hillary to, like, repel from the ceiling and be like, <laughs> I am the candidate or something like that. But, you know, perhaps they want to do the, the whole mastermind thing behind the house. Um, really real other stuff. Um, Michelle Obama spoke. She's probably one of the most... I'm not gonna say genuine, but at least she had the tone of what probably mm-hmm. Americans are feeling. Like she was very serious and like somber, but kind of compassionate. Cause I was noticing like when the politicians talk, they were kind of smiling and shit. I'm like, yo, celebrity smiling. Like, nah, this ain't a time for smiling. Like, no, fuck out of here, no. So, um, yeah, it's like, I, I heard some uh, bits and pieces of her speech too. And yeah. it's like, I did get it. I like that she mentioned, like, yo, she's not even a fan of politics. Like, but this is how compelled she felt to, you know, speak out on this. She, and, uh, go ahead. Okay. Oh, no, my question was just like, you mentioned that, you know, their main message was, you know, 
defeat Donald Trump. With all the intel that you have at your disposal, right now, is he a... Is that the biggest threat America faces? Nah, I'd say incompetency is the biggest threat America faces. All across the board. We're talking (laughs) governors, mayors, all these motherfuckers. It's not even just presidential at this point. Like, I could say maybe pockets of people are responsible. It ain't much, though, based on these numbers. merely defeating Donald Trump is not going to, like, I don't know, usher in the age of prosperity and, and all good stuff. There's much work to be done. Uh, Jay Love says, you mean Michael. Michael what? I'm confused. Michael who? Not sure. Um, what else? Uh, they talked about manufacturing, bringing back manufacturing. They talked about unions. They talked about canceling student loans. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We can't just yeah. go that, man. We can't it's, just go. Like, huh? again... Uh, so then what does that mean for our military members well, like, like why go why risk life limb and like you know castration and sanity mm. over it and some war when you can just I get my student loan forgiven mm. what does that mean to our military members for that? I don't know how I, I, I feel if you need your student loan forgiven it mm-hmm. clearly shows the, that there is no value to the college education because um, I think you know. what we already we already talked about basically college is in danger of being extinct except for a few I mean a few skills, um, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's like I, I don't know bro I, we'll probably debate that or discuss that all day but what else are they they did? <laughs> They mentioned childcare being affordable nationwide. They also, and I also, watch, I did watch Kamala Harris's speech. I think it was good overall, mm-hmm. just for her base and people that are going to vote for her. I think she nailed it. As far as her speech, she seemed very, um, like, eloquent. Like, she had a very soft, but um, quiet, confident power demeanor about her very vp is not yeah she is very sincere yeah like it felt like i'm just saying watching it um but on the flip side i felt conflicted because i said yo she feels more like the president than joe biden even though she's just the vp i'm just saying like just feeling and listening and watching her with her speech i can only imagine and she's she knows uh, where he's at you know, mentally and, and in his health, you know, age and, and everything. So she has to know that. I'm sure she feels that weight, that uh-huh. burden. Like, yo, she could be taking full command at, at any time. Um, what else? I can definitely tell that watching the Democrat overall message that they've been they've been paying attention to say our podcast or other people like us that are independent that are bringing out radical ideas or whatever, they've definitely been paying attention because mm. I heard a lot of language that we say or um, independent media, uh, specifically us, we're black independent. So that's an interesting dynamic, but I heard a lot of like key buzzwords and everything like that. Well. Um, Jay Love said something. Did you hear something about, uh, I don't I guess it's conspiratorial or something. Uh, Michelle Obama is tr- trans or something. There, it's a running uh, thing. Oh, she's trans. That, it's, but I hear that on the not the liberals, the the right trolls. So yeah, I, I've been hearing that too. I'm on a um, I'm on a political group on Facebook, and to some extent, it provides some pretty good intel. But there's a lot of trolls on there, and they are consistently because uh, with the whole liberal party you know how they had that argument about like they didn't want to call manholes manholes they're, yeah, yeah, they're very it, so. big advocates of that community and so i don't know if that's how it got into there of how you know and then there's a um the best thing uh there's there's all these memes where they're pretty much calling liberal men like women they're it, I, I don't know, but 
but I'm assuming it stems from there. I don't know. Uh, we'll have to dig into that. We'll do like a little conspiracy section, maybe next episode, just to see like what what the theories are. Um, but overall, my take from the DNC is like, at least they seem united, but it's it felt so fake. So I'm curious yeah. to see the Republican National Convention. They so definitely were fighting their Let tongue. Let me ask you this: You think it, it was it felt so fake because it was like social distanced? Um, nah, because I feel like they did a pretty good production on showing representation of America, like mm -hmm. local uh, politicians. They all kind of like, hey, blah, blah, blah. Like that felt pretty cool. And I'm sure the RNC is going to follow some kind of formula like that as well, because they were kind of doing it on the fly, what I was understanding. And the other thing is that shit didn't have to be that fucking long. Like, and they should have... <laughs> They should have had examples of everything they were talking about. Hey, I'm from, I like that they showed the diversity because the Democrats are pretty diverse. I'm not saying Republicans aren't, but I'm saying openly diverse is what I see more from Democrats. Okay. But I think they should have had like a mother saying, hey, they're talking about giving us 12 weeks of paid maternity leave. This is why I'm voting for such and such show that like real example and not show the politicians as much people ain't trying to see that shit because we already know they're full of shit so hearing it from the american people okay. would have been more impactful hey we're gonna wipe out your student debt loans now i'll be able to buy that house that car raise a family invest stuff like that show example of say a young couple out of college you know what I'm saying? Something like that. Oh, I can actually look forward to my future. This is what they should have done. They dropped the ball on that shit heavy. And this shit could have been done in one night. You ain't need no fucking three nights. They drug this shit out. It's basically a long ass infomercial. Uh, you know, so. Yeah. really. But um I think it gave a platform for a lot of the former candidates for their future endeavors. Yes. And also, um, I've heard it being an analogy as an audition for cabinet positions. Yes. So these guys who are coming in there and they're saying their little spiel and blah, blah, they can all be slotted in accordingly. Mm -hmm. And um, while you have a lot of good Democrats, me personally, I don't consider Bernie as a Democrat, as a true Democrat. I don't. I don't and either. I'm curious to see what position, if any, would be offered to him on the cabinet and i would like to see him on the cabinet i mean truthfully i'd like to see me as president he'd be on my cabinet but <laughs> an unlikely event that you know that they wouldn't i, I would like him this because he put in a lot of work and i would like to see him as a, a, on a you know working in the house but it's like i want to say their relations biden and bernie did they really clash much in the debates before i don't i think a little oh. bit I know Harris. I, I think, could see I think, them working together. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Same demographic. I mean, their ideologies are a little different, but they're same demographic and stuff like Just that. Just don't put them in charge of the money. <laughs> uh, yeah, J Love said that was like their interview, basically echoing what you said about all the former uh, candidates or whatever. Um, I'm really curious on the RNC and. I'm curious to see. I'm definitely doing the highlights. I want to see I the top. I will watch the highlights. Just yeah. Trump's an entertainer, and he takes that aspect into consideration, and he exploits it. Exactly. I'm just curious. Do you think now? And then obviously, there's a base that will accept that. Mm -hmm. Do you think that same strategy could be applied to the Democratic base? As far as being entertaining and goofy and raw. See, okay, let me let me let me throw it to you this way. Okay. Could Trump have hijacked the Democratic Party. Nah. I don't know. I don't, nah, not not the way he is. Nah, he was actually not perfect. The way, no, let me say if he would uh, if he would have played the game and applied the rhetoric. Okay. Do you think he could have done it, entertained his way into it and be like, yeah, 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 yeah. That, you hear him supporting true. Black Lives, just in some some off-world parody, like him yeah, supporting yeah. Black Lives Matter and, you know, and, and, and Democratic uh, 
perspectives like the, the LGBTQ. I don't, I don't know. He's an entertainer. If that were the show, I could see him doing the show. Not saying he'd do a great job at it. Yeah. But, um, it's, it's, it's interesting to think about. But again, like I said, I think Bernie's he's definitely he's independent. It's just he, he's running he's running on uh, the Democratic platform. Um, another thing we wanted to talk about real quick. I'm trying to make all this mainly rapid fire since we did so much. Nah. <laughs> um, go back to so we got the Black Republican youth in Baltimore. Was it Baltimore? Mm-hmm. That woman. Um, what was her name? Uh, something Kim? classic with a K. Kim Classic. Yeah. Okay. KK. Um, yeah, she did a pretty hot ad, very flamboyant, like the red dress. Um, and she's going as a Republican conservative, can't knock your hustle, politics yeah. aside. I really think it's like, um, if she's doing it, Trump, like hijacking the because really, when you think about it, mm-hmm. your popular parties are like the highways to, to office. They're like the fast lanes because they yeah. that's where all the power is. The documentary I'm filming is called The Back Road to the White House because it's like a back way of doing it. Yeah. I, do I think she's using the Republican freeway to, you know, for her political endeavors? Perhaps. I think it's a great idea. What's up, man? Look like IG talking over there. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you want to put this on there, but basically, J Love said, based on her romantic partner, Mm-hmm. She is questionable in her efforts. Um, he is a Caucasian male, much and, like uh, Miss Harris. Yes, um, but I guess he has more of a checkered past as well. Meaning, um, her credibility, because you know politics is all about optics and all that stuff. Even mm-hmm. though Trump kind of kicked in the door for like the Wild Wild West, even before four. We'll see. Um, I overall, we, you showed me the uh, video. Y'all can check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, Kim for Congress. A w- couple of things I do like. Um, I do like that she's a woman. I, I think we do need to see more women in politics. Um, she's she, a black she, took, uh, she heard my memo that yeah. last week encouraging me to get in. Very quick, yeah. very quick response. I like that. Um, she did have facts of what she was saying, but. Mm-hmm. She, they didn't go deep into why these things have become um, the issues in Baltimore. She's talking about the crime and uh, yeah, and the drug abuse in, in the city of Baltimore. Exactly. Yeah. They don't talk about the history of why it became that way. They always talk about, oh, it's like this, this has been like this. But what happened before? Because it wasn't always like that. It was successful. Because you can go down Detroit, you can go to Tulsa, you can go to these areas. It was successful. Something happened to cause it to go down that path. So, I mean, this is the part that pisses me off. This is why nationally we need more um, well-rounded history from every group that contributed in America Hmm. that everybody learns. So you would cut out all this bullshit. Um, Let's see. But I've been keeping an eye on them. But I want to ask you a couple quick questions. Okay. Should Black Americans switch to being non-party affiliated to make better decisions on who they should vote for in elections? And Um, go ahead. Oh no! Was was that the end of your question? Yeah, that's that's one question. Yeah, I'll I'll start with that question. The answer your part. um, I'm sorry. The answer your question. Um, Yeah. I think they should. Um, the thing is, you know, Ice Cube said it, and he was uh, he was mentioned. He made some comments at the end of the you know the convention. He's like, "Yeah, I heard all the rhetorics, but what's in it for us? Me, yeah. the black community." And um, again, it just seems like you know black people were blowing. Ugh, hard to throw that out. Voting blue, no matter who, yeah, without any incentive. And I, I, I say right now, like, yeah, I'll be your placeholder. I'll be your zero. Put all your votes into a, another party, into another candidate, just so they'd be like, yo, they had the biggest turnout in the polls ever, but they didn't vote for a popular, uh, for a popular party. Like, that's going to be a real uh, wake-up call because, one, it's like, yeah, the black vote alone 
won't win elections, but that consolidated black vote, taking in some Spanish votes, taking in some Chinese, some Asian votes, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like other demographics bleed into there, then those uh, two popular parties are gonna find themselves uh, threatened. And I think, yeah, it's, 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 it's been time to, to go down that route. Else if it's like we really need to have some hardcore negotiations with some some hard commitments to what's going to be done in the black communities. And I want to see progress like year one, year two. And then like we have to have some sort of agreement to how we're going to vote moving forward. Yo, we gave we gave uh, Biden four years. X, Y, Z was not fulfilled. Well, what are we gonna do next? Because it's just the same sad song over and over. Again. Yeah. Quite frankly, I I, I want to hear no more of it. Like Cameron Rock, 2020, I'm out here. Um, should Black America go to more community packs? Remember we talked about going packs. Mm-hmm. I think if you combine this with going non-party affiliated, would shift our agenda and make it more impactful. Um, should we go back to that? Because we used to vote in blocks, I think, back in the day in black communities. We used to vote in blocks. Like we would organize and say, hey, we're voting for this candidate. I think it, and it went all the way up from local to state. So yeah, I would say local to state. Where would you be more more impactful? I think. Honestly, I think we should go back to that. What do you think? I think it starts at the, you know, in the community. And then if you can just up channel like get that community base because that's what i was encouraging you know people as well it's like don't mind me i'm just a madman on the internet so yeah i'll take a shot at the presidency but start local like even in you know there's places on school boards they hold power you know if you can get black communities to take every position of power that's open then boom you own the community and then just from there just scale up and then from there scale up like we have to be ready to fix our communities from within and again everyone thinks that like yo you gotta have a master's degree you gotta have all these uh these credentials listed to you all you gotta do is you know pretty much have a driver's license in the state (laughs) that you want to run for one of these offices and then you and, and then run you got social media you got you know, YouTube, come on my podcast. I'll give you a whole, I'll give you, you know, some showtime, you know, yeah. but there's, there's no reason why you can't go out and hold these positions. So to answer your question, yeah, take it from the community all the way to the top. Um, I want to give people a little quick research topic to go look up, everybody. The term sundown town. I saw this conversation on Twitter and I thought it was interesting to input this since we're on a race car uh, section of the program. Sundown town is, or also sunset towns or gray towns are all white municipalities or neighborhoods in the United States that practice a form of racial segregation by excluding non-whites via some combination of discriminatory local laws, intimidation and violence. So for those people that don't know, if you travel nationwide, because this is nationwide, East Coast, West Coast, Midwest, Great Plains, it's everywhere. Um, y'all do some Googles and research on that. Sundown. I would like, yeah, and steer, I want to steer clear of those. Yeah. Um, basically, another good dis- depiction of that, I know they have books and they actually got a documentary series on Amazon. I got to try to find that link. Mm-hmm. Um the green book and we covered this i think that's an example of what black travelers had to do nationwide to maneuver during uh before the civil rights or even during the civil rights era they had to use certain places to get around uh uh, certain they had this book to show them where to go in each state or uh whatever to travel safely um so yeah y'all check that out and they still exist today that's the point i brought it up is like they are not extinct they still exist um what else we got how much time i don't want to drag this out too long yeah we got two hours and um 27 seconds okay um how do you feel about 
I brought this up. How do you feel about do-it-yourself politics? Ballot car selfies. <laughs> How do you feel? A way to encourage voting or invasion of privacy? A little bit of both because before I thought they were against it. Like I thought Beyonce did it one time and then they're like shunning her. The media was like shunning her. And now they're saying they're like for it. And again, it's kind of like, I don't want to say like in this age of artificial intelligence and everything, it's like, it's almost like a way of, oh, this person voted for that person. And then now they have like a log and record of that. And uh, were we to enter some sort of, uh, I don't know, Putin situation in America, like, I don't know, man. Will I do it? Yeah. I'll let the world know I'm voting for myself election day. But mm -hmm. um, what repercussions will I have in the future for, you know, uh, who could say? Yeah, especially if you post it on social media. Not like they can't go through your phone anyway, but mm -hmm. the social media aspect, you know, we just talked about data mining and collecting analytics on users. And so... Um, Talk about your experience uh, in D.C. You got any other things? I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, no. Um, on D.C. It was cool, man. Uh, did a night scene out there. As I mentioned, we're shooting a documentary, The Back Road to the White House. D.C. is actually really cool. It doesn't sleep. We got there like damn near midnight. And, you know, we're just roaming the streets, getting shots of the monuments and stuff. So the White House is fortified man like whoa i was in dc maybe about a year ago you'd come up pretty pretty much touch the white house fence yeah now, you have to observe it from across this from the park across the street and so you know since the documentary is called the back road to the white house i wanted to catch 360 as much from it get the white house from every angle so when you go to the other side you know it's like they got barriers son like it is uh security is heavy out there and my understanding this is these are countermeasures to all the protests and, and riots that were occurring in dc there was also a shooting secret service shot someone uh, at the white house maybe last week damn but, yeah the white house is fortified bro like it's a fortress it's not so much a white mansion as it is a, a fortress but that was interesting to see out there, there's mad cops in DC, son. Like, as soon as we touch down helicopters, I don't know if this is routine or they're looking for someone, but mm -hmm. helicopters, spotlights shining down on, on, it was a pretty intense scene, man. A lot going on in, in Washington, DC. Had a blast out there, though, man. And um, I would, I think if the next time I go back, I'm gonna go at night. Parking. I was ask you like what was moving around like what was like travel like like social distancing like just in the time of COVID because you've done some interesting trips mm -hmm. during the time of COVID. I mean, you know, believe it or not, the Washington Lincoln Memorial was still pretty packed. People out there chilling, you know. I just went in there, got in, got out, said what's up to Lincoln, shot a little video, kept moving. But um, you know, it's outside for the most part. So it's easy to social distance. I have my mask with me. And if I felt like I was going to be in close contact with people, I'll put the mask on. You know, but overall, it's a great trip. Great experience seeing Washington at nighttime. Um, it, it's, it's heartbreaking to see so many homeless people sleeping outside and uh, on the monuments and stuff like that. And it's in our nation's capital which is another motivation why I want to build Skyward, man. Like, mm -hmm. at least, you know, like, come up with a technological way to, you know, that we can feed and, and house homeless. But it's, it's not because I'm just the nicest person in the world. It's just like, yo, we got the technology. We have, it's like, how, it just, it makes, America just sounds fake. It seems fake. Mm -hmm. Yo, we got all this money. We got all this bread. We got all this wealth. And it's just like, yeah, but we got, we got vast poverty. It just seems so like hypocritical. Yeah. If anything, maybe that's what I want to do. But yeah, man, uh, DC was great. Very awesome. Going to take some more trips, you know, to, to finish up the movie. But other than that, slamming, bro. But that's all I got for this week. 
I mean, I know this was a pretty long podcast. We have yeah. the financial education in there, and we're going to go through that again. I really want to have JT on, on again and, and break things down, you know, to even a granular level. And even to the point where, like, I want him to walk through it. You know, like, oh, you can. I want to really teach everyone to fish from the market because it's a possibility people are making money. I made money on the market, it's out there, you know? And everyone can do the same thing. But I want you to be blessed, be peaceful, you know, and ah man, just like pursue your 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 version of happiness. It's it's unique and if your pursuit of happiness makes someone sad, well that's just too bad. Like <laughs> do your thing, man. And, and chase your dreams and, and your goals. And that's, that's really that all that matters. And, and find similar people who got similar goals. CJ the Day Slayer, my, my bro and partner, man. Like 77 episodes in here strong, man. Couldn't have yeah. done it without you, bro. And, you know, just keep it going. If there's anything that we can do for y'all out there, like if you want to come on the show and say what's on your mind, by all means, you got, you got an outlet. But at the yeah, end of the day, be nice to one another. One another. Um, what I got is I learned that the biggest thing I learned from the financial part was um, wow the flexibility of investing on investing <laughs> so when you hear liabilities versus assets and all this stuff like taking your IRA and investing it on land which building a house where you can also invest in like a business and make like, that a hotel or something like that too so it's like, yeah. I know, like I said I them gears returning I'm like, yeah okay. that part was definitely that probably is the most impactful part for me the rest kind of was like whoosh, I'm be honest but um and that's why I said I want to go down because it can be I have some financial not a financial background. I took some accounting courses in that nature. Yeah, but, I remember uh, accounting. I hated it. So, it's but yeah. like, <laughs> I, I got some of that information. I know it's a lot to digest, and that's why I said yeah. I want to break it down more granularly. Definitely want to have him on the show again. It was really great. Um, this podcast, yeah, we had we we didn't cover everything, but it's all right. We can leak it over to the next episode. Um, thank you for your patience, guys. We know it's a little bit more academic, a little more like, uh, you know, so that's why I split it up on two halves on IG. I'm trying this out for the first time. Okay. So hopefully you get like a good hour of like our normal kind of programming. Um, but we are trying to diversify and be informative too. We're infotainment. Yes, so yeah, we're trying to uh, informative value. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's all I got. That's all I got too, man. Catch you on the next episode. Stay blessed. Peace. Peace.